You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, all you triathlon freaks and geeks, and welcome to another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon, the podcast where we give you tons of tips and tricks to simplify the world's most complicated sport, and we also give you some Zen to improve yourself along the way. All right, this episode, we are going to cover a review of the Apple AirPods. These new wireless headphones actually record on them at the uh, end of the show so you can hear what that sounds like and using them for uh, working out and also just around the house and around the office and uh, see what you think of those and I got well I got a pair of them and I've been using them for I think uh, two weeks now so in-depth review and then also a quick mention of the Sunto Spartan Sport wrist heart rate uh, training watch and, and racing watch. It's really cool. Got some of that for you. This one with the uh, that does a heart rate on the uh, back of the watch with the green lasers. So it picks up your um, your heart rate, your pulse through your wrist, and you don't have to wear a heart rate strap. I've been training with that quite a bit lately, so I'm going to give that a quick run through. And then uh, some tips on how to decide when to circle swim or not, or share a lane uh, with one one of you on each side of the lane, when when actually transition over? Apparently, there's some discussion about that and some confusion on when's actually good to do that. And then also a uh, quick, real quick rundown of the uh, Grand Fondo that uh, we had around here. Uh, there was a hundred miler. I entered the hundred miler and won it <laughs> to my surprise again. <laughs> And uh, so I'm going to give some quick tips on how I uh, how I managed to pull that off by a miracle, and uh, so that you can use the same things to have a much better, uh, not just bike racing, but um, but triathlon. I used all the stuff I've learned from Ironmans to uh, do this, and uh, it's really really cool. And it turned out to be a little bit more of a race than I thought it was at the moment. So let's go ahead and get started with all that. But first. Let's kick off some triathlon news. Here we go. All right, we can't possibly cover all the triathlon news. So I've plucked out a few of the really good good stuff, the good items out there. Uh, Oceanside 70.3 was probably the biggest race recently um, with some drama that's worth co- covering. Uh, Jan Ferdino, who is the Ironman champion, world champion from Kona, has he won twice now, I think? And uh, Lionel Sanders were going head-to-head. And Lionel... Oh, this, and again, this is just uh, just a half Ironman. Half Ironman is pretty serious. And uh, Lionel Sanders is king of 70.3s. He is awesome. and But uh, so is Jan. Uh, Jan's from Germany. Lionel is from Canada. And they, um, they've had some back and forth, some friendly, uh, 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 you know competition they're both like really really great guys and uh, but this was going to be Lionel Sand Jan Ferdino is proven to be the best Lionel Sanders has the potential potential to be 
the same or even better. He just hasn't proven it yet. So people were super excited about this race. If Lionel could beat Jan at a uh, 70.3, that would be amazing. And Lionel did win, but only because Jan Ferdino had a flat tire and uh, he tried changing it, I think twice, and then eventually just gave up. I think he rode the rest of the way, but just kind of sandbagged it into the uh, into the transition area when he was done uh, on the bike and, and called it a day. Um, and this is really, really disappointing. Um, somebody, there was much consternation about um, Jan and all of his flats and what the heck is he doing? So there's several things that I picked up on. One is he's using some kind of prototype tire, which means it's questionable, right? Because if it, if it was actually good enough, it wouldn't be a prototype anymore. That's just a fact. And um, also... Um, well, he had somebody, and this is just somebody else saying this, but slow, I get a lot of this from slow Twitch, slowtwitch.com forums. Somebody said that they did some calculations and it seems to be on average, he gets a flat like every 56 miles or, during, uh, during races. And that's just too much. So I don't know if that's true or not, but it does seem like he gets a lot of flats with uh, either these tires or other tires or, and then somebody pointed out, maybe it's his habit of the way he races. He's careless and hits things. Um, but maybe that's why he's so fast. I mean, the more careless you are, <laughs> I think it was Mario Andretti that said, uh, I don't think it was him, but it was, uh, somebody that said, um, wrecking is racing and you know, you got to be in the edge of control, almost out of control. Um, so maybe Lionel's hitting potholes and being careless. Uh, so, uh, to, you know, to go faster and then he ends up, you know, pinch flatting and maybe going through gravel when he shouldn't picking up broken pieces of glass and stuff like that anyway that reminds me of the biggest tip ever to avoid flat tires is check your tires for glass little bits of glass take a flashlight get into a dark room if you can take a flashlight hold it at an angle across your tire and look for glints of light as you slowly spin the tire Bef before and th those are pieces of glass and uh pluck them out with a um with a piece of uh Kind of like one of those fingernail kind of file things, so it's not too sharp. You don't want to do a knife blade, but you can use a finger file. But the um, you do this before every ride because actually it takes many miles of riding on glass often for the glass to finally work its way through your tire and then puncture your tube. And also, um, the <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, Andy Potts and his choices on tires recently. That's kind of an insider uh, meta kind of thing. But the um, the other thing is don't get weird on your tires. The consensus amongst all the super fast triathletes, hey, are you middle of the pack? Hey, are you middle of the pack? Would you like to be front of the pack? Uh, are you a back of the pack and just don't even know what to do? Try these tires. Continental Grand Prix, two, uh, Grand Prix 4000s. GP 4000, uh, and I think they're on version two. But anyway, they are both fast, it's like super fast, and they have pretty decent flat protection in. It's like the perfect combination. There are tires that are faster, but they'll flat easier, and there are tires that, um, uh, like gator skins, which will are much more difficult to flat, but they're a whole lot slower. Um, and yeah, your tires can actually be slow. They can slow you down a mile per hour or two if you have like really junky tires on your bike. Um, 
So Grand Prix, Continental makes them. They're called Grand Prix 4000S, or just get Grand Prix 4000s. Uh, they are by far the best choice in uh, for triathlon. And uh, just stick with that, and then you can get crazy. If those are, those should be your default tires. And then if you uh, want to get weird with it, then consider latex tubes. But that's a whole other that's a whole other show topic. Okay. Um, the pictures of, of Jan Ferdino changing the flat, you could tell he, he was using latex tubes because the tube is pink. And uh, they're either pink or green. Seems to be the, the common colors of the big two brands in latex tubes. Um, anyway, yeah, my note here says, Grand Prix 4000S with latex tubes, people. <laughs> Just don't stray from that for now. I'll let you know when you should use something different. Okay, another really cool thing is, oh, well, back to Jan and Lionel. Uh, yeah, it really sucks that, um, they didn't race head to head. Lionel won, which he liked, which was awesome, but he was also disappointed that he didn't beat, uh, Ferdino, you know, in a head to head match that was an even competition because, and everybody wanted to see this happen to see who was actually the best. And we couldn't get to see who was the best because Jan Ferdino is riding some, uh, prototype tires. So anyway, we got all that and we have, uh, a triathlete won what is arguably the hardest ultra marathon on earth. Uh, the Marathons of Barkley. And I guess they call it Marathons, or the Barkley Marathons is what it's called, is because it's um, several, I think it's 100 and something miles, 105 or something like that. But anyway, it's, uh, you know, if you string several marathons, four marathons in a row, then you get Barkley. But Barkley was invented in the 1980s, I think, uh, by this guy because of a news story. And it was somebody famous that escaped from a prison in East Tennessee, Northeast Tennessee, and some pretty, it's beautiful up there, uh, but it's really rugged and really um, uh, difficult, crazy difficult terrain. Hold on, I'm going to pause here. Got to hydrate. And the... Um, uh, this guy escaped from a prison at Frozen Head State Park, which sounds, you know, very welcoming. And he was on the run for five days in these woods and in these mountains and made it 10 miles <laughs> in five days. That's how disorienting and thick the brush is and just nasty with brambles and all kinds of stuff. Well, anyway, this guy came up with a race course out there and it's it's notoriously insane because even to figure out how to apply for the race is difficult. And then the application's only like a dollar sixty-four or something. And a you have to send in an article of clothing and a license plate. I mean, it's like really ridiculous, this guy. And this guy used to be like a um the race director used to be a really good runner, but now it seems like he just hates everybody and he smokes cigarettes while he uh checks you in <laughs> to the race. <laughs> and um I can tell you I've backpacked in the Ozarks in Arkansas, which is very similar. And I grew up, uh, in Northern Alabama and East Tennessee, spent lots of summers and I guess winters there too. And, uh, that stuff is crazy. The Ozarks is very similar. It's pretty much the same. And it is so thick and so disorienting. You can't tell where you are because there's no terrain. You can't see the terrain. The woods are just overwhelming 
You don't know which way you're facing. You can't, I mean, you don't know what in the world's going on. And that was on a trail, the Ozark Highlands Trail. And uh, we don't know where the trail goes, which mountain we're on. Maps become almost useless. And so uh, over, since 1985, it's run every year and only 15 people have finished it. You've got six, 60 hours to do 100 miles which is insane. Like that's a huge amount of time. And only, um, God, I, I, it's so difficult. It's making me wonder if it is a hundred miles. Is it 150? I think it's only a hundred. It's so hard that, um, yeah, only 15 people have finished it. And it's called the race that eats its young because, uh, it's almost impossible to finish it the first time. And it takes several tries before people uh, take uh, can do it. And this, <laughs> a triathlete won it this year. And what's so cool is, um, well, what's so cool, the triathlete won it. And he, this guy, I think his name is, is it John Kelly? John Kelly. And well, John Kelly um, won, no, he got second at Ironman, Maryland. So this guy is a legit, like, and Ironman, Maryland's one of these, stupid Ironmans where they don't have a pro field and they um so he got second but as an amateur at Ironman Maryland and he also he said in an interview that he grew up practically across the street from this state park which is really odd and um I'm thinking your home field advantage if I lived across the street from that state park, and the whole thing is, is it's notoriously difficult to find your way around the state park. I'd enter the race and uh, go home on the weekends to visit my, my, where I grew up around there and just camp and like walk around that terrain. So I was like really familiar with it. It's five loops, so it can't be that big of a course, maybe like 20 miles of, you know, five 20 mile loops. And so it's not something that you couldn't get really familiar with and kind of know where you are. But even, even that, he still only finished with a few minutes, I think, um, left. Maybe it was 30 hours. I can't remember now. Let's see if we've got it uh, here in my, uh, in my article thing because I keep like feeling like I'm misspeaking here. But anyway... <laughs> What's so funny is on Slow Twitch, which is notorious for being uh, snarky, uh, somebody said, this guy, he, uh, he got second arm in Maryland. He's got a PhD in electrical engineering. He, he won Barkley. Um, he's the head of a company in Washington, D.C., or he's, he's a VP or president of some you know, director or something. And I'm trying to think while I uh, type this slow twitch. The article's on slowtwitch.com. And somebody goes, is there anything this guy can't do? <laughs> and somebody goes, well, win an Iron Man, apparently. Because <laughs> he only got second. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. So my favorite snarky comment of the year. Uh, let's see, 55. All right, I'm back. Yes, it is a 60-hour time limit to do... Um, just something over, just barely over a hundred miles. The winner in this one finished in 59 minutes, no, 59 hours and 30 minutes. So I made it 30 minutes under and, 
just taking a couple, a few short naps at points. And then, dude, a regular 100-miler, like Western States and whatever, people are finishing it in like, I don't know, what is it, like uh, 18 hours and stuff. I don't know the exact time. But imagine how much more difficult this is. And they also have a fun run. It's five loops, and the fun run, quote-unquote, is uh, three loops. <laughs> This guy, the race director, is just absolutely sadistic. Anyway, so it's a really cool article on Slow Twitch, all about it. And about a little bit about his training. He trains by commuting to work. But the big takeaway from this that I want to share with everybody is um, you can be a triathlete, and then in the winter, you're actually really well trained to do some ultra running. And ultra running is typically on trail, so it's kind of a low impact and fun. And uh, it gets you out in the woods in the colder weather and running which is uh, way more tolerable than biking in the cold. And uh, it's definitely a, a fun thing to do. And you think, well, I'm just a triathlete. I can't uh, do ultra running. No, you can be a triathlete and do ultra running in the winter and uh, win the hardest uh, ultra marathon in existence. <laughs> I bet you the ultra runners are like pissed that a triathlete came in and won the thing. Uh, they view ultra runners, they're, uh, triathletes aren't as bad as crossfitters but we do talk about triathlon just like way too much you know how do you know somebody's a triathlete just give them five minutes and they'll tell you well crossfitters are like the worst and then next in line just almost as bad as triathletes with all their iron man logo gear all the time out there on the trails it, it annoys the trail runners which is kind of funny um and they're hard to annoy uh they're really laid back so i anyway i'm a huge fan of trail running um done a bunch of it myself love it and can't wait to do some more. So that's a cool piece of news right there. And let's see. Do we do the air do we do the AirPods? Yeah, let's let's talk about these um Apple headphones. Okay, so a while back Apple announced wireless headphones. I've been using Jaybird wireless headphones, you know, Bluetooth wireless for a long, long, long time. Um and they're they're pretty good. Actually they're pretty great. But I thought I would try these. Ordered them because my Jaybirds were dying. And uh, eventually they got sweat and worked in their way into them. I did lots, as much research as I could because these things aren't y out yet. And, of course, Apple doesn't want to talk too much about something. They play their cards close to their chest, and they don't want to say how waterproof they are, how sweatproof they are. Uh, but eventually reviews started showing up on, um, on YouTube. It's the best place to get real reviews of these things, of people... Because then you can see how much sweat they're actually getting there. And, it's, and so, you know, I got a guy kind of running with them. And he's like, it's so hot and I'm running. And it's like, okay, well, that's great. But are you running in Texas kind of heat, you know, where your ears fill with water, with sweat, fill with sweat if you put uh, headphones in your ears? Because it just holds on to all that sweat and water. And um, so somebody did a YouTube video of like submerging them in water for, I don't know, like an hour or something like that. It was crazy. And then uh, and then running them through the washing machine. And I'm like, okay, you run them. And they worked fine when he got them out. And I was like, all right, dude, you're running through the washing machine. That's pretty good. And then I mentioned it on Twitter. And somebody posted me a picture of them uh, biking in northern Australia in the heat with um just soaked in sweat and said he's been biking with them for months and they're fine and i was like so that's humidity heat right and i was like okay i'm in so i got him and uh 
let's see. The um, they they seem to be sweat proof so far. I got two weeks in doing some sweaty stuff, and um, let's see, biking, running. Uh, I'm really tempted to try to wear them <laughs> while swimming, but I'm not going to. Um, but uh, I don't have that much money to blow on these things. Um, they're a little bit hard to lose, but not terribly because you have an incentive to put them in their little case they come with because the case acts as a charger. And so what's really cool is you don't need to have both in at the same time. So, and they warn you independently with a little noise that they make that they're running out of battery. Battery seems to be four, five, six hours, something like that. Um, I wouldn't say six. I'd say more like four or five. And they, um, so if you got one that starts going off in one ear going, hey, it goes tick, 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 like that. Hey, I'm uh, going down. You could put that one in the charging case while you're still listening to the other one. And they charge up to like 80 or 90% in just like 15 minutes. And so while that one's charging, you continue listening with the other side. And then when the other, then when after a little while, when the other side dies, you put the f- first one back in your ear. And that one's got charged for a few hours on it. And then you charge up the other one in the case while you're listening to just one and then you're all uh, good to go. Um, so that seems uh, actually pretty cool. Hey, you know what? I'm in my car recording and I'm going to roll down the windows because I'm getting hot. Oh, turn on the air conditioner. It's getting crazy in here. Let's turn down the fan. Let's turn down the, let's turn down the fan. Okay. And so far, I really like them. I mean, the only downside is I'm used to the Jaybird. I have the Jaybirds that had the really long battery life, like six, seven, eight hours or something like that. So I'm kind of annoyed with how I have to charge these more frequently. But, I mean, it's still pretty great. But um, the other thing is um, if your ears get sweaty, and somebody else I was talking to complained about this, your ears get uh, sweaty while you're running and uh, they may bounce out of your ears. Oh no, by the way, there's only like one size. So if these things don't fit your ears, you're kind of screwed. Except for something I'm about to tell you, a trick. Um, so I had, oh, I ordered these uh, silicone covers that can go over them. And there's a very particular brand I'm going to tell you because they also have sensors on them that if you pull them out of your ear, they stop playing. And that's an option you can turn off or on, but it's kind of cool. I like it. So you don't want to cover up those sensors. Um, so there's a brand called Spigen or Spigen, S-P-I-G-E-N, and they make silicone gizmos for your uh, for your AirPods. So Spigen Tekka, T-E-K-A, seems to be in all caps for some reason, RA200, Spigen Tekka, T-E-K-A, RA200s. Um, they are AirPod earhooks covers. And what they are, they're like little thin silicone jackets that go over your, um, your uh, AirPods. And that um, provides friction and, uh, I don't know, whatever, enough resistance. So they, they stay in your ears without bouncing out. It's really, really cool. And I got those, I think, on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. And um, those actually uh, work really great. Downside of those, the only downside I can find so far, is they won't stay. You can't put the uh, AirPods back in the case to charge. They just won't fit. 
um, with those little silicone, the real thin silicone jackets over the AirPods. The upside is if your ears were a little bit on the too big side for these, they uh, create a little bit of extra volume and it could block out sound a little bit more. And then on top of that, the other thing I was worried about is biking. You're biking into the wind and you got these little things in your ears. And even with those little silicone jackets, these things are independent of each other. You could look, you could be riding into a headwind and then turn your head and then bam, you got an ear facing right into the wind. These things could blow, going downhill, you could blow an AirPod. <laughs> Sounds like a medical disaster. I blew out my AirPod. I, you could blow an AirPod right out of your ear and now try, try to go find that. I remember one time I uh, lost something on my bike that was technical. I had some small, small little gadget and a car right behind me ran over. It was probably a bike computer or something like that. And these things cost like 70, 80, 90 bucks to replace just one if you lose one of them. So that kind of sucks. So the other thing I bought, uh, actually I bought it bef before the AirPods even showed up. I had it uh, because I was excited about this, is this uh, strap that um, connects to the ends of your AirPods. And then it makes the AirPods attached to each other. And it's a, um, it's a cord. Uh, some people say it's just a little bit too long, but what it does is now your AirPods are connected to each other and it's kind of, so it makes them kind of like the Jaybirds where they're not independent of each other anymore. So you could flip it over the back of your neck and now you can just hang them over your shoulders. Um, if one falls out while you're biking or running, then, um, you know, you're, the one that's still in your other ear will, will catch it, you know, cause it's, it's, uh, cabled and then, um, I went mountain biking, which is all kinds of banging around and, and, uh, I don't have a full suspension. I have a hardtail mountain bike. So you can imagine just bang, 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 you know, and, uh, the, uh, the AirPods stayed in, uh, with those ear covers and that silicone strap. Both of these accessories are about 10 bucks each. And so now we're starting to add up <laughs> some dollars, but man, it makes working out like so cool. I've noticed on the uh, stationary trainer, I don't need anything on them. They just stay in. Um, I don't even really think about it. So anyway, I give a big thumbs up to these Apple AirPods. Um, I'm loving them. Another little trick I did to make them look different so I don't look like I have two uh, tampon strings or two uh, Q-tips sticking out of my head is because uh, they have this like a two, one and a half inch kind of like um, sticks that stick out from them. And they're supposed to point down and in. But I... Um, I took pieces of electrical tape and put them around the uh, ends. I did it lengthwise, and all it does is leave a tiniest little white strip on the inside, but it's, that's facing your head, so uh, people can't see it. And so it made them uh, white in my ears and the part that sticks out on my ear black. And so they just look different. They don't look like Apple AirPods. They look like something else. And then uh, people, I think they're just confused. They don't even know what to say to me. And then I'm gone. So, uh, but I noticed this because people sell skins where you can decorate your AirPods to make them look different. And I'm like, why even do that? Just get some electrical tape. Seems to work pretty good. And then uh, turn them black. Um, yeah, so that's that. I definitely recommend them. So far, I'll let you know if I kill them with sweat because I will be pissed. And I will mention it on the show. Okay, Sunto uh, Spartan Sport Wrist. So I've been uh, working out with a Sunto Spartan Ultra for quite a while now. I guess at least half a year or more. 
and uh, it's really nice. It's got a sapphire screen, and it's got the titanium ring around it. Um, it's a multi-sport. It does all the different sports. It's got crazy long battery life. Uh, really nice little watch, um, and it looks way more elegant than uh, than the Garmin's. Uh, so I wear. I like actually wearing it to work. It's got a touch screen on it, um, which is something you're kind of like you kind of hit and miss. Like I'm, not, I'm just not positive. Touch screens are the best for triathlons, but um, once I got used to to um, to using it, it's definitely you know one way or the other. It doesn't really matter, and um, and it's definitely cool um, when you're not doing triathlons. I have a touch screen because it's kind of you kind of show off. You're like check this out. You flick your finger across the screen and it goes. Doo-doo. Anyway. Um, I got uh, myself into a uh, Sunto Spartan Sport, which is has a little bit less battery life, but there's a wrist heart rate one. So it's got the green lasers on the back that reads your heart rate, and this thing is freaking cool, man. I've never had um, one of these, and they Fitbit or some other, and there's some Garmin's, and and I'm trying to think. There's some other like odd name brand ones that that have this and Sunto dove in and but the cool thing about Suntos is they're using Valencell which is considered to be the best uh, heart rate sensor for the green laser and um, the downside is is you kind of have to like figure out how it doesn't matter which brand it uh, because I've got a coworker that has a Garmin 235 or something like that with the green laser thing on the back, and she had to learn how to wear her watch too, so it would actually pick up her heart rate correctly because it was reading too high or not at all. And so I've pretty much figured it out. Uh, like for running, it works way better on my right wrist than on my left for whatever reason. And then um, this morning was the first time I think I got it to actually work through swimming. And um, I think Garmin won't do it. They won't enable it. But Sunto and I think maybe Polar is coming out with one that you can, they're allowing the heart rate sensor to work and swimming. And of course, it doesn't work as well because you've got all this water flowing between the sensor and your, and your skin. Um, but, dude, just let, just let people choose, you know, like let it run. And then we'll decide if it's any good or not. And, uh, um, and give you feedback, and then you can learn how to fix it instead of just turning it off. Go, these people are too dumb. <laughs> it's like, no, man, just let us use it, and we'll decide. And um, so Sunto's smart. They're like, yeah, we're gonna let them use it. And this morning, I think I got it to work in the pool, um, and that's awesome, man. No chest strap, nothing, man. Just swimming and uh, kicking ass in the pool, um, mountain biking, trail running. Um, yeah, but. There's definitely um, you have to you have to practice with it and just be patient um, with all these. No matter what brand you get of these things, is just be patient. And you are the. It's kind of like training a dog, right? Um, the dog really trains the owner. <laughs> dogs are only so smart. I mean, some dogs are freaking geniuses, but still, even the smartest dogs are only so smart. You got to teach yourself how to train the dog right? What works on the dog, kind of like kids. You got, you got to learn what you're doing wrong and then, uh, and to get the dog to respond the way you want. Well, it's very similar with these, uh, with these, uh, wrist strap things. The, they're not broken. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a newer technology and they're going to get better, but, um, you're doing something wrong if it's not, if it's not reading, reading you right. 
And it's kind of fun, like trying to figure out, I like experimenting, like uh, to see how actually it works and to get it to work. Because like for running, once I figured out, oh, I tried just moving around. I tried it on my right wrist. Um, it seems to work great for running. It seems to work great for swimming if I wear it on my left wrist and turn it uh, so it's on the palm side facing up. Um, that all of a sudden, that's just worked great. And um, to get heart rate and not have to wear a heart rate strap is so great. Because especially, I go running around the neighborhood. It's hot. I'm wearing no shirt. And then I got this heart rate strap on. I look like some kind of S&M whack job running around with all kinds of things strapped to my body. And I'm like, you know what? One less thing. I got a Wahoo um, heart rate strap because it's Bluetooth and Ant. And it's got blinking lights on it to let it, you know it's working sometimes. And so I just don't need that, you know? <laughs> and to have just a watch that's picking up my heart rate is so much better. So I'm a huge fan of it. Again, it's a Sunto Spartan Sport wrist heart rate. They also came out, they've got a black one, I think a pink one, and then a really cool, like, uh, baby blue, like, v old Volvo racing color, uh, color and Mustang uh, racing color. It's really cool. Um, I love it, man. I, I found that I'm actually wearing this thing all the time. I can't seem to take it off. All right, let's take a break for a minute and talk about Salt Stick. Saltstick.com slash Zentry is where you can get a discount on your own Salt Stick. So Salt Stick is electrolytes that is the same profile as what you sweat out. So if you sweat it out, that's what you actually put back in with Salt Stick. It's really cool. I love it that it's these capsules that you can either take whole and, uh, you know, you can do like uh, while you're riding along, they have this dispenser that you can twist out. That's the one you see all the time. I remember uh, seeing it on Craig Alexander's bike, multiple Ironman world champion. And you can just twist out these, these uh, capsules and then pop them as you need them. And then... There's also uh, the capsule, because they are capsules, you can actually open them up and tap, 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 tap out the uh, salt, but it's not salt, it's electrolyte mix, uh, as, as, uh, as needed to make your own fuel. I love making my own fuel. I'll make a three-hour water bottle, fuel bottle. You know, it's got maltodextrin, and I could do maple syrup or honey, and, you know, just whatever I want in there. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I need to add some electrolyte in there. So I'll tap, tap, tap in a capsule or two or three of of a uh, salt stick. And I just really like it. When they approached us, I was like, yes, I will definitely work with you guys to be a sponsor. So you can get your own salt stick by going to saltstick.com and then forward slash Zentry. And that gets you in the door to get your discount. And while you're in there, make sure you check out these chewables. I love them, man. They're so cool. I keep them right next to my bike right now on the trainer. And uh, they're kind of a citrus lemon lime flavor. And you can uh, just pop one in your mouth and it breaks apart, crumbles apart. Uh, really nice like. All nice like. And yeah, that's a, that's a big shout out to a Salt Stick. And you go check them out. Um, we should also mention that there's been studies that show that, that athletes that use salt stick uh, finish races faster than their competition. And we want you to do the same. So go check it out. All right. Back to the show. And let's see. Uh, circle swimming. I wanted to mention that. Um, 
there's a thread on slow twitch where somebody asked hey was i a total dick for uh somebody tried to get in my lane and we were swimming side by side already with two people in the lane this third person tried to get in and i said hey why don't you go get in that other lane over there because um i don't want to circle swim i've got a workout that's just too difficult for i think it's too difficult for people to circle swim with and um uh, the consensus is it seems to be only in the United States where people get uh, defiant and don't want to share a lane um, because in the, apparently in the rest of the world, everybody uh, is fine with circle swimming. And this is the rule. One person per lane. And then when you get to two people per lane, um, can ask the other person, hey, do you want to circle swim or do you want to you know, do side by side? And then when the third person gets in, circle swim. And as we go down one side, turn around and go down the other side. And then when, once you start circle swimming, you can fit three, four, five people per lane, maybe six people per lane if you're all kind of the same speed. And then uh, just dealing with people, um, having to pass people and go around people. Dude, we did that on swim team for eons. And it makes you a better swimmer to have to like sprint to get past somebody, to deal with traffic. It makes you such a better swimmer. And yeah, it's kind of annoying, but it's also um, it's also just a fact of life. And uh, don't make people wait to get in. And if somebody's making you wait, just this is how you get in. You just hop in their lane and then stand at the wall kind of off to the side uh, for, while they swim a couple laps. And that sends the signal. They're going to see you. That sends a signal. You're about, to, you're about to circle swim. So then, but that gives them a fair warning. And then uh, um, you don't, really even shouldn't have to ask. Uh, and apparently this is just a problem in the United States, the culturally. Um, and it's not like other countries don't have their problems with swimming. I've heard in France, DC Rainmaker said that people love swimming backstroke and it's absolutely maddening. And they like swimming like really lazily slow and doing backstroke. And my theory on that is somebody must have won, somebody from France must have won the backstroke in the Olympics. And that motivated the whole country and inspired them to all get into um doing a backstroke and now your 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 swim lanes are just polluted with backstrokers for no no logical reason okay so there's that and let's talk about the uh, grand fondo uh let's see it's a charity ride they have a 20 kai and emily did the 20 mile um 20 40 there's like a 60 or 70 and then a 100 mile and there's also a 500-mile gravel mix ride that goes out of mountains to the countryside uh, for several days. Uh, and they had GPS tracking on those people. That was really cool. And the um, Emily was like, this is a charity ride. It's, uh, it's not a race. And I said, if they hand out race numbers when I go pick up my packet, then it is a race. And I went and picked up my packet at the bike shop, and they handed out race numbers. And I'm like, it is oh. <laughs> okay, so... Um, and I was really motivated. I was kind of pseudo training for this over the winter because um, I'm trying to stay out of run races until my feet finish healing up. They're getting closer all the time uh, with plantar fasciitis. So this was my big thing for the spring. So I was kind of training for it. And for a little while, it looked like it might not happen, like the whole race was going to be canceled. And then they, uh, they put it on anyway. And um, so I'm really excited to be out there. And... Um, I got first in the uh, the hundred miler last year, the the inaugural race. So now I've got I got to defend my title. <laughs> it's like I'm probably probably the only person that knows. 
<laughs> that cares that I got first. But uh, um, I'm really excited, right? So that's the whole thing. I'm really excited. And I consider this, this to be like a good training day to, to uh, test out fueling and pacing for Ironmans to see where I'm, where I'm at, really more than anything else. Um, it's just, you know, it's just a local charity, right? It's not that, that big of a deal. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to get in, you know, see what, how, where I've improved and where I need to improve on doing an Ironman. Okay. So what the thing is, is I ride it just like an Ironman. And that means, um, I'm doing, I'm doing, um, trying not to stop at aid stations and I'm trying to simulate like an Ironman where you do rolling through the aid stations and grab water bottles as you go. And to do that, um, that's because that's not the setup of these things. I don't want to stop constantly and pick up water bottles and take breaks and stuff like that. That is not a good simulator. So what I did is um, uh, put on a camelback. Oh, it ended up being 103, 104 miles or something like that. So I, um, I put on a camelback and then I had two, three water bottles, two of them filled with fuel um, to kind of split it up. And because I wore the Camelback, I didn't. I only had to stop once for water, and I used. Sorry, phone call. And I used that stop to actually um, go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom, went over to the water dispenser cooler thing that they had and filled up my refilled up my camelback with more water again i think and then um then got back on my bike and kept on going and um the, so the takeaway is uh a lot most road cyclists wouldn't be caught dead wearing a camelback and i'm like well that's your problem because it's obviously better to wear one because <laughs> i don't have to stop and i could just keep on going and um I had uh, guys, uh, I had a train behind me of several guys all trying to keep up while I was leading the way. And um, and also, I'm not doing the pace line thing where I take turns at the back, you know, and then rotate out to the front. Because, the, again, that is not simulating uh, time trial, uh, non-draft uh, Ironman style. And so, uh, um, I think I had one person take one turn in front of me. And uh, he tried to, and then after a few after a few minutes, I um I went around him, and then I think that was it, uh, because uh, I'm so used to doing that that I wasn't gonna try to do the old the whole pack thing, and, and I was fine with that, and uh, and my intent was to wear them out, and that's where I um really did some research, and so along with the Camelback, the other tip I've got is. Um, I got two more tips, I think. But the other, one of the other big tips was um, study the weather. And what I did is I looked, you know, a couple days before, and then also the morning of. I looked at the weather, and we were going to have a um, headwind on the way out and a strong tailwind on the way back. So riding into the headwind, I really, uh, you know, went 110% into the headwind, and. Uh, really buried myself, I wouldn't say I buried myself, but I, I went harder on the way out on purpose because I knew that on the way back with a tailwind, a pretty strong tailwind, it was going to be really windy that day with a strong tailwind, that I was going to have a push most, uh, you know, like 90% of the time on the way back 
Um, and you can only go so fast. Uh, and, um, and anytime I was, I was tired, well, the tailwind would be pushing me anyway. So it was okay to go harder at the beginning. So the first half of the uh, thing, I, I went pretty hard. Um, way harder than I would have if it was um, even wind. Like say it was a, a no wind that day. I went a little bit harder than I would have uh, normally. And then, uh, yeah, on the way back, I was uh, I was on the verge. I think I started getting a leg cramp even. And I was like, I was kind of on the verge of getting um, uh, cooked. Uh, you know, I was kind of worn out. But I had a tailwind pushing me, so it was actually okay. So anytime you go out and do a... Um, Wind makes such a huge difference on the bike, especially in uh, non-drafting races like Ironmans and such. Um, really study the wind patterns and see, uh, not the pattern, but what the forecast is going to be. My favorite is Wonderground, which is weather underground. Type in the city or the zip code and then go down to the bottom. Scroll down to the bottom of the page and there's a graph along the bottom of the page and there's a black line with little arrows all on the line and the arrows are all changing directions all the time along and it shows like the next coming seven or ten days and it shows you the on the graph the taller the line is that's the stronger the wind and the lower the weaker the wind and then the arrow on the line at that moment is um, where the wind is coming from, which way the wind is going to. And um, then I was like, oh, the wind's going to be out of the, the wind's going to be in the morning. It's going to be um, s uh, slight, slight wind, like three, four miles per hour out of the south. And then in the afternoon, it, you know, by 10, 11 o'clock in the morning and by noon, it's going to be, um, you know, 15 miles per hour out of the west, Right. And then so plan your ride on that accordingly, your effort that you put out. Because riding into the wind is kind of like riding uphill. It exaggerates what you're, whatever you're going into. And if you know your route, a lot of people I know do um, their lo local bike clubs when they go out. They try to pick the route based on, uh, they've got several routes, and they look at the wind. It's really windy here in Texas. They look at the wind uh, for the day, and then they pick the the best route so that they have a tailwind on the way back and that's just so that they have more fun you know it's kind of cool all right so um i ended up crossing the finish line and first i was a little bit slower than last year but i was also way more strategic and i hadn't trained as much and i was also about five pounds heavier than last year and also the race was a little bit longer so i don't know now i'm a little bit older so uh I'm aging, and uh, it's not quite as fast, but it felt really good. And they had free beer when I finished, and um, let's see, there was something about it that I wanted to mention. Um, yeah, free beer, and it was nice. Nobody knew. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, um, I met met up with some old friends at the beginning, and after it was over, but no one really cared you know, who got first or anything like that, which was also kind of cool um, because there's an even bigger race, you know. There's that 500-mile Grand Fondo gravel ride that goes all throughout Central and East Texas. If anybody wants to do that, check it out. It's the BCS Grand, G-R-A-N, Grand Fondo. Great ride or something like that. Anyway, it was really cool, and um, I really, really enjoyed it. It was super sweet. I feel like there was something else I wanted to mention about it, but now I can't remember what it is. Let me switch. I got some actual notes on the thing. Um, after your race, you should always take notes. And 
Well, it looks like I lost him. Wait, here we go. I've got... Da, da, da. Where'd it go? Oh, Grand Fondo. I averaged 21.1 miles per hour. Um, about 250 calories per hour. A mix of maltodextrin and MCT oil. Yeah, I did kind of keto, sort of. Been doing lots of keto and training. That's a super low carb, really high fat. Um, oh, so we were joking about um, Emily and I and anybody else that would listen. Uh, joking about how um, it's not a race, you know. And then it turns out I looked up on Strava. <laughs> a few days later, I looked up on Strava. I was looking at. I was trying to analyze my numbers. Like, what was my average speed? You know, when when did I, where did I kind of bonk a little bit? Where did I run out of, of power? And where was my power good? And you know, how long was I stopped for, for that one aid station? And it says, Hey, would you like to see other people that did your same ride that same time? And I go, Oh yeah. So I click on this one guy, some guy finished within two minutes of me. Right. And I was like, Holy crap, man. It was a race. There was a guy <laughs> right on my ass, uh, trying to catch me the entire time. So sometimes it is a race and you don't even know it. Oh, here's another thing. Uh, I rode on flat pedals. Um, I'm trying to heal my feet, and clipless shoes just put too much pressure on my feet. I can't really move my feet around to give them a break, and so I've been riding on flat paddles. Um, oh, I used a, a bike course. I downloaded a bike course onto my bike computer so I wouldn't get lost, which was pretty cool. Um, I trained too much before the race because I was just kind of getting excited, I think. And um, the <laughs> the race start. I remember they go, all right, go. But we weren't really sure they said go. And a whole bunch of us at the front line kind of looked at each other and go, do we, do we go? <laughs> and we started. And then I, I remember I, I got on my bike and I go, I guess I'm going. <laughs> like that, and started pedaling. And uh, so people were like, oh, yeah, I guess, we, I guess we go. And then it was foggy and I couldn't see anything. And I think they uh, misjudged the start time because it was uh, still a little bit dark. Um, oh, another trick to um, to uh, keep going uh, without stopping to improve your race time is um, apply sun there's a trick to apply sunscreen on the move and what you do is you get a small sunscreen uh, I wouldn't call it a container you know you buy sunscreen in a small little squeeze bottle get the smallest one you can you could reuse it and put you know because that's not very economical to buy little small things of sunscreen you could probably refill it um, and then do the liquid sunscreens and then what I do is while I'm riding in my bento box or out of my jersey pocket or whatever I'm wearing, I grab the sunscreen while I'm kind of coasting, pedaling. Oh, I had a tailwind. That was, was really easy. And uh, squeezed some of it on my, um, and this is while I'm pedaling and coasting kind of, but I'm moving. That's the whole point. I squeezed some sunscreen on the top of my right thigh and then, um, then put the sunscreen back in my jersey pocket. And then so I smeared it all over my right thigh and my knee and the back of my calf while I'm pedaling. The up and down motion of your leg. It's kind of like you keep your hands still, but your leg moves up and down. And that's how you smear the sunscreen around. And then what's left over from that mess, I would put on my right ear and on the back of my neck and on the right side of my face. And then, and then yeah, the back of my right hand. I was wearing uh, arm coolers, which kind of protect you from the sun. And then... Um, then repeat it uh, on the left side. You know, you squeeze them on your left leg and then while well, holding your hand pretty much in one place, 
um, pedal up and down and then you can that you can smear around the sunscreen on your legs and on your hand and on your um, side back of your neck and on your ears and uh, on your nose and your face and stuff like that and anyway the whole point is that's you got to have some good bike handling skills and you got to know what you're doing because um, your hands are going to get slippery if you don't do it right and you're going to end up um, losing control of your bike and crashing so you got to look you got to practice it a little bit and get good at it but you can apply sunscreen while pedaling and it is huge to apply sunscreen while you're uh, in a, one of these races because you're out there in the sun and uh, the sun damage is bad enough right in fact that's probably the worst thing but also um, the uh, as you start getting a sunburn, it actually detracts from your speed. Your body starts sending a whole lot of resources to deal with this first degree burn that's starting to develop on your body. You start overheating, um, blood is going there. You you start might start getting a fever and stuff like that. It starts exhausting you um, because you're not protected from the sun, and you will improve your race times and your training days. Uh, by um, applying sunscreen um, while while uh, while in the middle of your um, of your bike ride, and uh, I've been doing it for years while on the move. Now, let's say it was a, a training day, and it's kind of a lazy training day, and I've got no real agenda. I would I would uh, stop, pull over, and pee, and then put on sunscreen um, without. Uh, doing it on my bike because I don't want to risk actually crashing there's an elevated risk not much but you're elevating the risk of crashing and putting on sunscreen while pedaling <laughs> in fact you're probably elevating it a lot um, so it kind of depends on the road and where you are and the conditions and stuff but um, uh, man you definitely want to do you want to put on some sunscreen if you can all right so that's enough of all this stuff let's um Let's go ahead and get into the training log. Uh, take you with me while I go out and do stuff. I think I got a little bit of Kai in there talking about mountain biking. Again, just like last episode, it's such a fun interview uh, every time. And um, also, towards the end, I've got an audio recording of me talking and going on and on and on about how much I love these Apple AirPod headphones. Well, the thing is, I was just recording, and I thought I would record with the headphones on. So... Uh, so that you could, I don't know, it's just like, it was just cool. I'm talking about the headphones while wearing the headphones. The headphones have mics in them, you know, they're Bluetooth headsets. Um, turns out, for whatever reason, the sound quality of recording on this app while wearing those, using their mics, sucks. It's real tinny and thin and whatever. So uh, I still think it's valuable, but I'm putting it as the very last thing on the show. Of course, I'll have like a minute at the very end. I got... Uh, uh, an announcement of next next episode's guest. Uh, I haven't interviewed her yet, but if it, it looks like it's uh, going to come through, which it should, it's awesome. Really, really awesome. So I announced that at the very, very end of the show. But anyway, I understand the uh, sound quality with the AirPods recording uh, is pretty crappy, but um, I don't know. You know, some people really enjoy just, they'll listen to anything just to get, um, it's not the sound quality, it's the content, what's actually being said. So um, I'm going to leave it in, but just at the very, very, very end. So once you hit that and you can't stand anymore, you can, you can, you can fast forward or um, you know, end the podcast. You won't hurt my feelings. It's all, it's all right. Okay, 
So that's it. Everybody hang tight. Let's go ahead and get started with the training log. Here we go. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Funelli. Hi everybody, my name is Brett. I'm a trash. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on, dudes, let's go exercise. Exercise! Yeah! I'm gonna do sit-ups till I poop myself. All right, welcome to a new training log. Start eight. Hmm. March 28th, 29th, I don't know. It's a Tuesday morning. I'm out for a jog. And I got so much cool stuff to tell y'all. What is up? Glad y'all are back. Oh, okay. As it's warming up here in the Northern Hemisphere, I'm having a really successful morning run. Wanted to tell you how so you can do it. It's getting warm. In the southern states, it's already in the 70s and 80s. So I've got a route that I figured out runs parallel. No, not parallel. Tangent. Anyway, to the uh, crosswise, <laughs> to what is usually the hot, humid winds coming off the Gulf of Mexico. I'm here in Texas couple hours from the coast hour and if it's hot and humid the wind is coming from the south southeast and I've realized in the summer months running that uh, I'm almost done my run here we got another few hundred feet and I'll stop bouncing um, Running with the wind, if it's warm, especially if it's warm and humid, cooks you. So for good training and maximum enjoyment, Zen mastery of the art. I've got a course that runs uh, east and west. First you go out east a few miles and then turn around. We're almost done. And man, it makes a world of difference. I'm actually running into a cross breeze right now. Oh, we're done, let's check the Sunto Ultra. An hour and 13 minutes, 47 seconds, just jogging, real easy. I got my Ziploc bag, sorry about that. I run. I'll check the mileage in a second. Let me stop this thing. And how was it? Smiley face, excellent. Sunto does smiley faces, scale at one to five. Then you go back and look on your calendar and look at it, it's pretty cool. Saved, I'll hear the birds. Uh, 7.12 miles, so a 10, 20 pace. But overcoming an injury, that's a, uh, that's nice. What I figured out for, uh, I was getting kind of depressed, not running, I noticed. And uh, so I figured out how to run, but still heal from my injury, just not as fast. But man, being 
been in a funky mood, a bad mood. It's not the way you go through life. I can hear these birds as we go by, walking down my street. And uh, so if I jog slow and on flattish ground, so my injury, my plantar fasciitis can actually heal, what stimulates uh, dopamine and endorphins and serotonin to uh, make you happy again and uh, it's distance so if I go slow but go long what feels like long then uh, I have a, a mood boost and you would you would too for the rest of the day oh man and I'm uh, oh so I figured out for a meditation run so I can actually think this is a really cool tip, by the way. I finally figured this out. This is really nice. But I also do this before I get in the car. Is um, I got two apps running on my phone. Uh, Focus at Will, which is uh, music, and I put it on, what do I always say? Not ambient. Uh, something chill. Alpha chill channel. And on the slowest setting... And uh, the mildest setting, and that gives you nice music. And then I open up the app uh, Todoist, which is my to do app, and then I just go. And the meditation music um, allows your mind to just kind of float. And then, to uh, I've noticed that if you don't have your to-do app to write down thoughts and things you need to do as they come to you. If you don't have it open, by the time you get it open, if you're driving or um, running or biking, then uh, you forget what it was that came to your mind. <laughs> it's really aggravating. But uh, So I do that. Uh, so I get it all set up. And then, so when I'm running right now, instead of wearing headphones, this way I can hear traffic and stuff, is um, I put it in my running shorts pocket. My running shorts, I buy running shorts with uh, pockets on the side uh, because I'm a trail runner. And as you know, trail runners cannot have enough pockets. It's a funny thing. It's a meme from 10 years ago. And uh, what's the other thing? Um, and it's in a Ziploc in my pocket with the speaker pointing kind of forward and it, uh, then I can hear my music while I jog and hear traffic. It's actually really cool. Good run, going slow. Feeling good. All right, that's it. Oh my gosh. Hey babies. What are y'all doing? All right, I'm with Kai, the mountain biker and roadie. Like, uh, gosh, what was the name of that guy I told you that was the best at that stuff? The caveman. Conrad Stoltz. Right? Mm -hmm. He was pro cyclist level roadie, cyclist on-road triathlon, and also Xterra, which is mountain biking. Dude, maybe that's your future. Maybe you could do Xterras. Yeah. Okay. Um, and an he's a big guy, too. Like, you're going to be... He was six foot something. And... He, uh, oh, anyway, you said that you got in the car, 
And you said triathlon practice, road, and y'all are doing biking today, road bike. Was your best practice, was your best bike ride ever, you said? One of them. One of them? One of the best practices. Okay, so why? Tell, tell it to the microphone. Well, since I've been doing a lot of mountain biking and hills and long, longish hills and being able to control the bike better, I think, I could go faster up and down hills with more speed, having more confidence. So, yeah, because mountain biking, like I said, that gully right down in there, mm-hmm. yeah, mountain biking, you'd have to go down that and up that, right? Mm-hmm. That's insane. Like, it's so hard. And by doing that in practice, but having fun out in the woods while doing it, you've built up really amazing uh, strength in your legs, right? And what I wanted to share with everybody is if you want, like, you're a a living proof. There's other kids on your team that are freaking awesome. Like, uh, Colin is just an awesome cyclist, right? Mm -hmm. And Oh, he wasn't there? Yeah, he was. He was there, but he just rode around the parking lot because he worked out a lot, and I did the same thing as him. (laughs) Not competitive, are you? No. (laughs) I was being um, aggressive. You're being aggressive? Yes. So anyway, look at all the hay on the back of that trailer. Hey. Hi. Um, so anyway, you were just crushing it on the hills, huh? Today? Mm-hmm. And you think it's for mountain biking? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, is that your coaching tip of the podcast of the week? Yes, sir, it is. What is it again? You got you to frame that and package it as something that makes sense to people. Do what so that you can do what? Go mountain biking so that you can be an awesome road cyclist. Yeah, what he said. You say it so you remember it. Go mountain biking so you can be an awesome road cyclist. Like, moi. Right. It's a way to get the hills in, right? Fun. Mountain biking is fun, right? We go mountain biking. We have a blast, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And... So it turns out it's actually really handy. The hills you do on mountain biking, it's really handy to make you an awesome uh, road cyclist. Uh, uh, cycle, mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're going to go eat, and you feel good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to all those haters out there, I love y'all. <laughs> what? Where did that, who are all the haters? Everyone that hates me. No one hates you. Everybody loves you. You're doing it right. Hey, I was listening to a podcast interview with Shaq earlier today, and he said at first, because he was so big, to, he thought to get him, to people to like him and respect him, he thought he was bully for a long time when he was in middle school, because he was so big, and maybe high school a little bit, and um, but then he got in trouble for being a bully. Um, he beat up a kid. Not really. He kind of pushed around a kid, and the kid started having a seizure, and the kid almost died. And that scared Shaq into realizing, oh, and his dad was a military police, was a drill sergeant, and his dad had him arrested like he was going into military jail for what he did so he could get the experience of what his dad was serious, too. And then, so Shaq says, this sucks. And it could have happened. He could have accidentally killed that guy. You know, when you fight, you can actually, you can accidentally kill somebody. And the, um, 
So he decided instead of doing that, that he would be funny and get people to like him by being funny, right? Yeah, see. Uh, you got something in your eye? Yeah. So Shaq was actually, you notice Shaq is funny all of the time. Like in his commercials when he does that little shoulder dance, when he's doing his Icy Hot or whatever the hell. Yeah, Icy Hot. Yeah. He does Icy Hot and does some other stuff. <laughs> he's, he's funny all the time. Well, he's doing that because he used to be many, many, many forever years ago a bully. And now he's not. He's funny on purpose. Because he's so big and strong, he can actually hurt somebody. You know? Right? So you don't have to worry about haters if you're funny. How about that? Isn't that cool? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go eat. Out. Bang. Say bang. Bang. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Where are we going to go eat? Whataburger. Oh, we're back. Had a phone call. Again. All right. So I said, use this as an opportunity. Since you can't run fast, you'll get sick to your stomach, right? Use the opportunity to run slow, right? And you told, I think the the first day, you still were trying to run fast, right? Because everybody else is running fast. Yeah, but you got, did you get sick to your stomach the first day? Mm-hmm. Right. That's why I only ran 10. Okay, so you slowed down, right? Third day. <laughs> After the third day. By the third day, you realized you can't run fast on a full stomach. And so you got to run slow, right? And it's no matter how much you eat, you'll feel the same each time. Right. So now you've run slow. And so you, you hopped in the car. We were talking about stuff. And then you said, Dad, by the way, I wanted to mention that you're really happy about your running right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're not sore. Yeah. Because you're running. Slower. Slower. And um, we're tracking our mileage. You and I are seeing who gets the most miles this week, right? And you just asked me, because you're trying to try to beat my miles. <laughs> you're like, you asked me if you could run again tonight, right? Yeah. Even though you ran at lunch and you just did cycling practice for triathlon. Yeah. You still want to go run because you feel that good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that about what's going on with your legs and about how that works with the other people out there that want to go. I was just answered an email question on the podcast. How do I go longer? Right. How do I do endurance? How do I do longer distances? It's so hard. Right. So based on that, what's your advice? Like we just said, go slower when you run and bike and bike. And then you'll be able to go. If you go slower, you'll be able to go longer. Yeah, farther, longer, and farther. And the key to being a good endurance athlete is miles, right? You want so many miles. You and I looked it up the other day. How many miles does do you need to train to be a good Olympic distance athlete, right? Mm-hmm. And as long as you do the miles, it almost doesn't matter how slow you do them. You notice, right? You, you're feeling awesome. All, like already, right yeah. after. You're you're building up the endurance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, dude, I'm so glad you realized that on your own. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, it, it, you kind of had to be forced to, right? To yeah. finally, for you finally to believe it, right? It's kind of like injuries. It's like somebody says, you're going to be injured if you do that. You're going to be injured if you do that. It's like, oh, no, I won't get injured. <laughs> then they finally get injured for them to believe it, right? Yeah. Then they're a big believer. In it. All right, man, I'm really proud of you, dude. Thank you. Yeah. We'll run after dinner. Cool? Yes.
Out. Out. All right, let's take a break from the show and talk about Amrita Bars, longtime show sponsor, friend of Zentri, and delicious energy bar maker, Amrita Bars. Let's go over some of the flavors here. So they're, they're about the size of a granola bar, but they're date-based. And instead of uh, nuts in them, they actually have seeds. So if you have a nut allergy, they're A++ for you so that uh, you don't have any problems with that. They are, they're uh, gluten-free. Let me list off some of these flavors, man. And before I list, list off the flavors, let's talk about how well they work. They are slow-acting, but also easy to digest at the same time, which is kind of like the holy grail. This stuff is really good. Uh, let's see, we have apple cinnamon, apricot strawberry, cranberry raisin, and one of my favorites, mango coconut. And I got to admit, uh, pineapple chia is also really, really good. That's one of my favorites. So you can get a, a box of, um, you know, one of these flavors, or you can get a variety pack, actually. And they also have recovery bars, which are, uh, oh, man, they're A++ as well. I really like it. So you can get 25% off. Is that is that serious? Let me double check that. 25% off with discount code AMRITA team. A-M-R-I-T-A. That's how you spell AMRITA. It's not AMRITA. It's AMRITA. <laughs> A-M-R-I-T-A. Team. All one word. AMRITA team. 2017 for the year 2017. That gets you 25% off anything on their site, anytime. And you can also get a flat $5 shipping rate if you're inside the United States. That is really, really cool. So I'd like to give a big shout out to Amrita Bars, longtime sponsor. And man, uh, they're just great. I just love, I love, love, love them. And they are so great. Uh, the founder used to, um, or is a cyclist. I say used to be a cyclist. He is a cyclist. The founder is a cyclist and he made these so they're actually pretty easy to open on the bike and I open one up from my jersey pocket and take a bite and oh they're soft and they don't uh they're easy to eat while on the move which is so cool I take a bite and then I push it back into the wrapper and fold it over and put it back into my jersey pocket and then another uh 20 minutes later I might take another bite you know and there's a there's a spice in it called cardamom in a lot of them I don't know if it's in all the bars, but it's in most of them at least. And it's actually soothing to the stomach. So it is amazing how well these go down and how good you feel while eating them, while working out. I love having one before a workout. And then the whole workout, I feel fantastic. And I just have tons of energy. It's really good. All right, so check them out. Amrita Bars. Am, Amrita Team. A-M-R-I-T-A-T-E-A-M 2017 is the discount code gets you 25% off. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, homies, I'm back. Whew, man, you know what? I might I might take a right-hand turn right here. I might go the long way around. All right, I'm leaving the pool. I'm going to talk a little bit about swimming, but I want to talk about recovery from a race. Uh, my 103-mile um, Grand Fondo semi-self-supported uh, event I did on uh, Sunday. Now today is Wednesday. On Sunday was um, really stressful on the legs. You know, um, the longest I've ridden is 75 miles, so going 103. And of course, it's getting warmer. You hear my windshield wipers going. It's getting warmer. It's a little bit stressful, 
and you know it's all that just stress 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 and sore um, but actually I'm not that sore the more you do the more you do endurance stuff the less sore you get afterwards I think a combination of you know you're more fit and you're not as dumb <laughs> about overdoing it you got longevity in mind a little bit but anyway um, what I did the day let's say the day at, right after the race I had three beers and then I felt like crap after that I should not have done that I should have had one maybe two but somebody handed me a third and then I found out actually this morning that it was a race because there was a guy on Strava that was two minutes behind me when he finished so he was he was in it for the kill so cool um, that's just some guy that happened to be on uh, Strava uploaded his turns out it looks like he's from A&M's lived all over and stuff and done some races I've done and see so yeah, I went into the race um Ooh, lightning. I went into the race uh, not um, tapered at all. Um, I ran seven-something miles the day before. And, oh, you know, I don't want to do a race review. We're going to do that another time. That's a different part of the show. We're talking about recovery afterwards. So Monday, that was Sunday. I didn't do anything else all day. Um, Monday, I felt pretty good in the morning and I went to go swim because swimming is uh, really good to help the legs recover and it turns out I was right it actually felt really good now what I did notice was on the swim uh, getting ready to go to the pool and maybe the night before you know like Sunday night uh, but Monday I noticed I was a little short of breath every once in a while that's my personal indicator and probably a lot of y'all's y'all that um, you're a bit overtrained, you know, and you need some rest and recovery, is you can't uh, seem to catch your breath a little bit. Of course, I've got asthma, and, uh, man, I smoked a lot for quite a few years, which just goes to show you you can turn your life around, fix that crap. And so, uh, you know, just sitting there, kind of doing nothing, and then you feel like you need to take a big breath. Um, as if you were running and needed to take a breath, but you're not running. You're just kind of sitting around and you feel the need to kind of take a, a bigger breath than normal. That's a sign that your body's going, ooh, you know, I'm trying to catch up on oxygen. I could use some more oxygen because I'm, I'm tired. So there was that on Monday. And then that was Monday morning. I went for a swim. And I liked it, though. It felt really good. The cooling water... And the uh, hydrostatic pressure on your legs acts like those compression boots that um, people pay tons of money for to help their legs recover. You could just go swim. And then uh, Monday night was Boy Scouts. And I sat. I sat at work all day and I sat all through Boy Scouts. Grabbed a chair as soon as I walked in and went and sat in it while the other adults kind of stood and then after a while, I kind of got up and uh, did stuff. And then uh, Boy Scouts is funny. do all kinds of crazy things. And they do skits, kind of like Saturday Night Live. <laughs> but they're really dumb <laughs> skits. <laughs> they're learning how to, basically it's learning how to do presentations in front of corporate management. And then, oh, yesterday, I decided to go for a run 
see how my legs felt. And you know, it wasn't until after I was completely done running, hours later in the middle of the day, uh, I was like, oh yeah, I ran. When I started off running, my legs weren't sore. How about that? That's pretty cool. And then, um, that afternoon, oh, which would be last night, I, uh, I got a message from Emily on my Sunto Spartan. She left the dog inside because it's raining. Um, last night I got on Zwift, kind of late. I was explaining the Kai gauge theory, which has to do with fields and uh, laws and uh, patterns and uh, logarithms and things like that. It's pretty neat. And it's a really cool science theory. It's what they used sort of to discover uh, the God particle. Pretty neat. And then, um, oh, on Zwift. So I'm riding around on Zwift, and on purpose I rode the flattish route. Like I've said before, I've wired, I've hacked Zwift. Uh, it's a hack you can go out and do. It's really easy. To uh, always be Watopia, which is the big island. And at first I was listening to some kind of music or podcast or something like that, and I got tired of that. And uh, and on oh on Zwift you can choose, you know, which way you're going. There's there's mountains that are just massive and then there's rolling hills and then there's flat ground. You can ride up a volcano. You can do all kinds of stuff. And so I kept it to uh, really you can ride really level ground, but you're in tunnels underwater <laughs> with whales and manta rays and stuff flying around or swimming around. And the um, so I kept it really, really flat. And I had a really nice uh, ride. And that, that's more of letting the legs, you know, now we're on day two, two and a half of letting the legs just kind of uh, be even and feeling good, not trying to push it. And you got to watch out after a race. You're overloaded with caffeine. Uh, you're real antsy. So you might go out and train more to prove to yourself how awesome you are. And then that's how you get overtrained. That's a really good way to do it digs a big hole so um, I put I've got YouTube on my iPhone if you get YouTube red then it'll play on your phone um, and if you turn your phone screen off it'll keep playing it's kind of neat and I put it on Zen Japanese Kyoto music which is the the uh, the kind of Jap the Japanese uh, kind of banjo kind of thing the dong 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 Dung, 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 dung. And it's just beautiful music. And so I'm riding around this virtual island <laughs> doing all that. And, um, oh, it looks like there's an accident up ahead. That's not good. And listening to this, and then their, um, their virtual Zwift software has uh, where it starts raining. So it's raining. It's cool, soothing, and I'm riding around. And uh, then out of nowhere, this guy pops up. You can start the game and say, hey, there's somebody over here. I want to join them. This guy just from, like, outer space just, bam, ends up right next to me and then right behind me for, like, five miles uh, riding right on my butt. If that, if you're listening and you, you join me because you know who I am, and that was funny. I was laughing to myself. And uh, it took a turn, and he went a different direction. It's kind of weird how the software works. And uh, so I'm just riding around on flat ground. And then uh, 
went to bed. And then this morning, now it's been, you know, 48 hours since I swam. So this morning I went and swam again and felt really good. Now we've had these uh, big storm fronts uh, come through overnight. And the uh, situation, I have a sip of water. Situation is, the pool I used to swim at would be closed, had to close if it was raining, outdoor pool. Well, the, I switched when I got real serious about training for Ironman Canada last year. I got a membership at a pool that is not as, I don't, well, they're both the same amount of not nice. They're just kind of average bleh, pools, but it's indoors and grounded. So they let you swim. If lightning struck the pool, you'd probably still die, but they let you swim <laughs> and pretend like they're not worried about it or think that it's not a problem. And uh, I know what I'm doing. I'm a lifeguard. I know the risks what I'm doing. I used to be a lifeguard. And uh, so I swim. Oh, and they have better hours and stuff like that. So consistency is what makes you a good swimmer. So on the way to the pool, I had an Amrita bar and then coffee with some fat in it. I'm really working on seeing if I can lose weight and have more energy on um, doing unopposed sugar. Every sugar carb that I eat, I always make sure I have some fat with it. Try to do that like all the time. And um, not only does that seem to be working, but that's hard to tell because I've only just started doing that. But um, I've really noticed by going fat-based in my diet that um, I've quit having to pee in the middle of running anywhere near as much um, and in the middle of biking and... It was three o'clock yesterday before I noticed I was hungry. Uh, after I mean, I had lunch, but then until three o'clock, uh, until I needed a snack, and just lots of little niceties. Um, and, and also, I've added more salt to my diet, a lot more salt. You know, Himalayan pink salt. You can get in a little shaker. You just buy it at the grocery store. Add it to my coffee. Um, man, it's I love the taste of that stuff. I think it tastes better than sea salt, even. Um, so anyway. I'm in the pool, you know, and swimming along, and I just got even energy, just cruising. And I'm really excited about that. And now we finally get to a swimming technique. You all know, you know, I do the thing where I repeat the timer. And so I'm swimming. And what's interesting is instead of trying to swim harder and get in good swim workouts and get more fit in the pool, um, because you're swimming through water, water is so thick that the priority is not being fit you know, and how strong you can get in the pool. Because you're overcoming resistance, the thing that makes you fast over distance, over time, is technique. It is straight up technique. It's probably 75% technique, 25% fitness. Because I've noticed this morning I swam really fast over a long distance and I was barely trying compared to times before and it's because I keep checking my technique and trying to improve my technique and consistency so we go back to because I'm doing it three times a week on a, because I can because I've changed uh, pools so that I can go three times a week without it being closed like if it was if I was still a member of this other pool um, I wouldn't be swimming today I wouldn't have gotten the chance to swim today because it's lightning and stuff like that so um so the consistency 
uh, lets you work on your technique. Your technique is a bit of straining, so the strain creates flexibility. You know, you're working against your joints so that you get uh, mobility um, and more flexible, flexible and more flat. And let's turn off these windshield wipers. Mm. And um, I just noticed that that uh, oh. But it's, it's really all about technique. And let me give you an example. Because you're swimming, it's a totally different medium than going through air, right? You know, running, you don't have to worry about aerodynamics hardly at all. Biking, you have to worry about aerodynamics uh, quite a bit um, you, for time trialing, right? But you can still do pretty good, even if your aerodynamics aren't all that great. But swimming, water is 20 times or 70 times or 700 times or something like that more thick than air so it becomes the dominant factor and think about it like it's like the difference between flying an airplane and flying through space right when you're flying an airplane you have to worry about aerodynamics big time you got to go through a fluid the atmosphere is actually a fluid technically technically wave your hand through the air and you can feel it right there's resistance so the shape of the airplane is critical right that is the dominant thing is the shape of the airplane and then you can fly at whatever thousand feet you know to make sure you get enough air and all that stuff but it's the shape of the airplane that gets you what what you need is the shape of the wing if the wing's not a certain shape you're not coming up off the ground right and then compare it to a spaceship. Once the spaceship's in space, <laughs> it doesn't matter the shape of the spaceship whatsoever. The Suddenly, the most important thing is not aerodynamics. It is the airtightness of the spaceship, the integrity of the cabin, right? Way more than in an airplane. You know, in an airplane, you don't have cabin integrity and you're flying at a, I don't know, 3,000, 5,000 feet, all you're going to do is just get more air in and out. It doesn't really matter. You know, think of like a World War II bomber. Um, they weren't pressurized until they started going really high up. And then, um, but in a, um, in a spaceship, the shape of the spaceship does not matter whatsoever. Think of the sci-fi movies where you see spaceships shaped like all kinds of crazy stuff. It just doesn't matter because there's no resistance. And in, um, but what does matter is radiation. You got to be shielded from radiation. You got to do something if you want to have artificial gravity and, uh, so that you can walk around because we're used to having gravity and you got to have, um, cabin integrity, uh, to preserve so you can breathe, Right. You got to create an atmosphere in there, and so my point being that different things matter hugely when you're doing different things in different mediums, and um, when you're swimming, if you spend a majority of your time timing yourself and seeing what technique is faster at an at the same effort. Or then even at, once you get good at it, at an easier effort. What is faster at an easier effort? It's really easy to do. 
then um, you'll have huge breakthroughs in swimming. And you can do the same thing. Um, I haven't done this in a while, but I used to do it on the treadmill all the time. Get on a treadmill, warm up, you know, till you get about 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in. Now, with your heart rate, um, increase the speed. Watch your heart rate, but increase the speed on the treadmill and see what you can do with your arms and your gait and your cadence and how you hold your head and how much you lean over and how much you lean back, how much you swing your arms and where you hold your hands. And, um, yeah, how fast, uh, if you run on your forefoot or midfoot or backfoot and which, what, what can you do where suddenly at the same heart rate, you start running off the front of the treadmill, even though the treadmill is at the same speed, that's more efficient. And you can do that every single workout, and then the next thing you know, you're running a minute mile per minute per mile faster, um, just by changing up your form at the exact same heart rate. And heart rate is a really good indicator of uh, you know effort. So same effort, faster speed means you're more efficient, and you can actually enjoy your um, your workout more and your races more, you know. Um, is people finish an Ironman like pros and stuff and they're all smiling and happy and they just did a freaking Ironman it's because they're efficient you know it didn't exhaust them anywhere near as much as it about killed other people <laughs> and so anyway I was thinking about all this I need to get off the mic go into W to the ERK but uh, because I swam this morning and all the work I've been doing on trying to get more efficient at the same effort um, I'm swimming uh uh as fast as I, as I ever have, um, but at a much more relaxed effort and actually a little bit lower turnover and just relaxed and a little bit more glide and stuff by kind of head, by working on my head position and hand entry angle and, um, and getting out of the pool and not being exhausted and realizing I went as just as fast or faster than usual, um, just by changing up technique, not by working out harder, not by doing mega hard intervals or anything like that. Because in the in the in the water, that doesn't matter as much. It just doesn't it just doesn't matter as much. You need to get fit. I said it matters about twenty five percent. But as far as overall speed, because um, I always say you can work really hard in the water and drown and go zero miles per hour and drown. It didn't do you any good. So there is a there there is truth to this. All right, I need to go inside and get some work done. Check y'all later. Out, bang. All right, we need to mention UCAN. UCAN is a super starch. This is really cool stuff. It's a super slow-acting carbohydrate, almost to the point of your body doesn't know what it's doing. It's like we're getting energy from somewhere. else is happening? And it's really great for swimming. You want to go swim for an hour and not be needing to, uh, you know, take sips from a bottle on the side. You know, your coach hits you over the head with a kickboard like my coach used to do. Quit jacking around. Get back in the water. Quit being lazy at the wall. Keep on swimming. And you can do this, especially in races, right? You're going to do an Ironman. You're going to be in the water for an hour. You're doing a half Ironman. You're going to be in the water for half an hour plus. You're uh, you're going to be going and going and going. You don't have a chance to, to drink or, or uh, refuel out there. You can't drink out of a bottle while you're swimming. Well, you kind of can with you can because UCAN is a very, very slow drip carbohydrate. 
and so it slowly releases into your system so you can kind of preload with this stuff before you're going to do something long. It also kind of saves uh, your teeth from all that sugar, right? Because you can power this stuff down. It's actually pretty easy to drink. And then you have energy for like an hour, hour and a half from this stuff. This is really cool. So it comes in different flavors. You have chocolate. Um, you have some stuff with some protein added in if you want that and, uh, some electrolytes added in if you want that. And they also have, uh, orange, tropical punch and all this different stuff, all this different stuff. And so what I do is I get up in the morning, I drink, uh, I have a little bit, a little bit of breakfast, a little tiny little bit of breakfast, some coffee. And then, uh, right before I leave to go to the pool, I drink a bottle of you can, uh, pretty quickly. And then, uh, by the time I get to the pool, you got your energy you feel nice and good that's slow release and it just works man it's really amazing and it's actually helped me break the habit of needing uh sugar by the side of the pool i think i've pretty much turned around pretty positive i've turned around my uh, needs for uh, sugar by using you can i've become much less sugar dependent and way more uh fat enhanced metabolism going on and i did it through using you can uh, the latest thing that I've done with it is um, two, well, one time I did it uh, half the swim, but my latest was I did a full swim nonstop butterfly for one hour after drinking you can 3,150 yards, nonstop, all butterfly, drinking you can the, uh, before I got to the pool, chocolate flavored was what I did. And I just swam uh, easy, smooth, and did the whole thing. It's all, I posted the workout. You can go check it out. <laughs> it was crazy. And I plan on doing it more because it was actually fun. It actually wasn't even all that hard. I just kept it easy. And you can do the same kind of stuff, a long, continuous workout, hour, hour and a half, without needing the fuel by pre-fueling with UCAN. Check it out. You go to UCAN, uh, webs UCAN's website. And they have uh, the opportunity for you to put in a discount code. If you use discount code ZENTRI, Z-E-N-T-R-I, all caps, you can get it 15% off. How about that? That's pretty cool. And then they turn around and send a little bit this way to ZENTRI itself. And, man, if that's not a good advertisement for these guys, this stuff works. It's awesome. I love it. You can get a discount. You can support ZENTRI. Get on it. Get on it. Break all that sugar. Break that habit, man. Get on something that's a little bit better for you with some you can. All right, let's get back to the episode. Here we go. Ah, uh, all right. We are running again. Oh, now we're walking. This is so great because this is a good example. Uh, it's all recording the other day about how awesome I felt. Now I feel like crap. Just to show you, it comes and goes. So uh, make, what is it, make hay? <laughs> make hay while you can. Because uh, you never know where things are going to go. But anyway, I was running. And thought I was doing alright. But I just noticed my legs are all, uh, they're not sore. But they're rubbery. Like a wobbly. Oh, we got somebody here. Hold on. How's it going? And uh, 
I'm going to switch sides of the street here in a minute. People all up and down here. It makes me not want to talk. I'm self-conscious. But, uh, So, um, you think, oh, you know, rubbery legs, maybe that's good training. Um, one, no. I mean, maybe on rare occasion. But, uh, two, definitely not for Brett right now with uh, foot injury, plantar fasciitis. So, wobbly legs means weak legs means bad form. Bad form means... Relying on tendons instead of muscles. You're weak. That's how you tear the shit up. Got somebody stalking behind me. Man, got a lot of cars now. So, with um, more than a mile, I think. About a mile left. I said, screw this. And started walking. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm walking. That is a frog going right there. I'm walking the rest of the way. Um, even though it's flat, it's perfectly flat. Just that, that rubbery feeling in my legs just feels sloppy. Oh, man. It is not, not good. Oh, and then, you know, everything makes sense. Hindsight. So I started thinking, you know, what, what did I, what was I doing to uh, be running low. And so I weighed myself this morning and I was, I'd lost a little bit of weight. So I was all like, cool, man, I'm all excited, right? That's a good, that's good. Lost uh, two pounds in like two days. <sighs> Trying to eat middle path, you know? No carbs without fat. And it seemed to be working really good because I lost two pounds. But then, man, that means I'm undercaloried, and I've been doing two-a-days. Whoa, doggies. Oh, baby, you're all right. It scared me. Oh, man. And uh, there goes my watch. It's beeping. Been doing two days, and I think I'm just depleted, man. And then what else? Um, oh, for dinner, we had uh, spaghetti, but instead of spaghetti, spaghetti, instead of wheat based noodles, we had those uh, zucchini based noodles. You can buy them now in a box, all spiral cut. Emily doesn't know it, but we've got a spiral cutter from my raw vegan days where we can slice it up ourselves. We can just get a zucchini and make it. She doesn't need to pay 10 times uh, what we've, uh, what we could buy just to pay to buy a zucchini. But um, it's good, man. So I ate it up, and that does two things that uh, fiber. Uh, well, one, it's way less carbs. And two, the uh, fiber in those carbs slow down the carbs that it does have. Oh, look, there's Orion. I'm looking up at the sky. 
got enough away from the city where we can see uh, the stars a little bit better. Just a little bit, not much. Hmm. Let's do a real Zen podcast. And maybe, why don't y'all just, we'll do some silence. Y'all just walk with me while we do silence. Walking meditation. The sounds of Central Texas suburban neighborhood. Stop. It's one loud frog or grasshopper. Or Holy cow. You may be asking yourself, is this it? Is this really a podcast? And I'm here to tell you, this is triathlon. Late at night, workout gone bad, walking the rest of the way home. Not if, but when it happens to you. This is what it sounds like. And it's all right. There's nothing more. Except the occasional car going by. Street lights. Beep of the watch.
crickets and tree frogs. Busy streets, quiet streets. So wood fence right here. here. Dragging my fingernail across a wood fence. Got houses with people that put too much stuff in their yard, thinking it's cute. see the Milky Way. That's cool. This is the beauty of endurance sports is when you find the edge of your abilities. Now you're left all alone with nobody but yourself. <laughs> Wherever you go, there you are. But now you can't avoid it. You can't avoid you when you're by yourself walking down the street at night under the stars. A lot of these stars aren't just stars. They're not. Some of them are planets. I see Mars over there. It's got a little bit of a reddish tint to it. We'll be there soon. But uh, a lot of these are galaxies. They look like stars, but they're not. They're entire galaxies. But from far away, they make a single point of light. Andromeda. It's like that. And you can uh, imagine each galaxy has billions of stars in it. really close to my house now. Here's that drain that's loud. Think about how when the explorers like Columbus and Magellan, these guys that were going to go explore the new world, they couldn't see it. You know? But if we go to Mars, or we, you know, when we went to the moon, but we'll go to the moon more, we can actually see it. It's there. It's right there. You know? You just got to get your act together to get there. What do you got to do? You got to figure out the puzzle. It's a lot like a triathlon where 
the finish line. You can see the finish line from the start line. <laughs> How do you get there? Oh, man. Okay. I think that's it. going to leave you guys with the sound of a neighbor's sprinkler, I think. It's just running. Some parts of the world are dying for water, literally. You got water here just running down the gutter. There it is. Just spraying. Oh, man. We can do so much better, can't we? I keep trying. It gets better day by day. All right, that's it. I'm in my house. Night. All right. Hello? 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 <laughs> All right, folks. Getting in the SUV here. We're going to do a review of the Apple AirPods. Getting in the car. I'm wearing them. I got one in each ear. These are the wireless Bluetooth headphones. Remember when the iPhone came out and they called it the Jesus phone? It was going to do everything. Turned out they were right. Well, these are kind of like the the Jesus earphones. I got mist all over the car. So I took them. Well, I wore them at work most of the day yesterday. And then I went to uh, run this morning. I did not run last night. I went to run this morning. And... Um, that was an interesting experience. So I guess we're most interested in working out with them. So I'll start with that. In that I, um, it's largely dependent on your ear hole shape and size and stuff. And then I noticed that as I was running, they were, um, as they got a little bit sweaty, they got a little bit loose in my ears. And Somebody told me on Instagram, because I took a picture and posted it, that I had these, that um, they were, uh, and I'm recording on them right now, so that's that's the, uh, the reason that it sounds this way. Now, just that doesn't mean that's the way they sound when you actually do a phone call. That's just the way they sound. But... Um, Anyway, so I'm running, and they, um, after my ears got a little sweaty on the inside, if you look, they point, if you look on pictures of people wearing them, they actually point down, obviously, but they also point a little bit forward, and then as they get wet, well, that lubes them, and they'll actually start trying to point down a little bit more, I think with the force of gravity and bouncing now, while your ears are dry, it is almost impossible to shake these things out of your head. You could headbang to death metal and they'd probably stay in, which is really, really cool, which I'll get to in a minute about wearing them just day in and day out, not working out. Um, so when I'm running, my inclination was to, uh, at first, before they got wet with sweat, I forgot I had them in. I was just listening to some music. And it was so perfect that I forgot I even had them in. Like, you forget that you have them in. I take off my shirt. I just pull it up over my head. Well, 
it catches on the headphones and <laughs> rips them out of your head, which is kind of funny because that's that shows you that you totally forget that you have them in. And uh, the sound quality is, you know, really good and all that stuff. And while I'm uh, once I got sweaty, they started feeling like they kind of wanted to fall out of my ears. Right. Which was kind of annoying, but not really. And because it was my first run, it's something that I might end up just learning to uh, feel like it's normal and not really. Um, I might adapt to that and not really worry about it. Um, the other thing is because they don't have a rubbery uh, wrapping on them, they don't seal out the outside noise. And honestly, that is a um, that's both a plus and a minus, but mostly a plus. If you're working out, sealing out the outside noise uh, can be a problem. But I did notice I had to keep turning up the volume because as they got wet with the sweat and they started sliding in my ear a little bit, they lost that fit. So the sound quality had gone down. The sound isolation had gone down some and they weren't blocking out the outside noise. And as I was running alongside a road, Um, the traffic noise was uh, getting to be a little bit much, so I had to turn the volume up so I could hear the talking podcast, Keith and the Girl, that I was listening to. Um, which leads me to another thing is that there is no volume controls on them. So you have to do people, – people are like, oh, my God, that's the worst. Well, you've kind of grown used to the volume controls on the things. Um, and it reminds me, when I was a kid in the 80s and we had Sony Walkmans, your volume control was on the, was a little, a lot of times a little um, scroll wheel on the um, analog scroll wheel. That's what I'm talking about. Like an actual wheel uh, on the, uh, on your Walkman. And I had the coolest Walkman. It was one of those yellow waterproof ones. Oh, it was so cool. And then, um, but somebody stole from me at military school and I'm still mad at whoever did that by the way. And um, so while I'm running, I've got, I wear an Amphipod running belt and in it, I've got my iPhone. I've got a five, five S um, that way it's kind of smaller and it stays in there. And I run with that and, um, and then two running flasks filled with water and fuel. This time I had maltodextrin and maple syrup in one of my fuel bottles and I'm running, taking a sip from the fuel and then a sip from water alternating uh, every five minutes. And anyway, that's another story. So I'm uh, running and I'm, I have to uh, reach down to adjust the volume and push on the side buttons on my iPhone, the, you know, the dedicated buttons for volume on the side of the iPhone. And uh, through the Amphipod packet thing, and if I was riding my bike, I'd be re you know, you can feel it because your bike jersey is real thin um, on your phone, your up and down uh, volume buttons. Well, if they ever get rid of those buttons, we're going to be in trouble. But it'll be coming. <laughs> we're we've demonstrated some courage and we've gotten rid of the buttons. It's like, no, dude, more buttons are better. Dedicated buttons for things are way better. Anyway, 
so I'm running along, and I'm totally cool with that. And also, at one point, um, my headphones went nuts, and they go, uh, Siri beeped in, and she goes, I'm sorry, I cannot call that number. I'm like, I didn't dial anything, you know? But it also happened to be at the exact same time I was uh, pushing my Amphipod belt, my phone, to the side to get it more behind me because it was kind of jostling off to the side. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Because somebody on Instagram told me that when they got sweat in his ears, they started doing weird things like cutting, turning off and on and uh, uh, shorting out, it seemed like, and dialing Siri, you know, doing Siri commands and dialing the phone. And I'm like, hmm, that's not good. And he, he attributed it to um, them not being sweatproof enough. And... I don't know if that's the case. The uh, interesting case for sure is that they have sensors on them that will auto turn on and off the uh, the AirPods if you pull them out of your ears. You know? So if somebody starts talking to you, you just pull it out of your ear and they turn off, which is really smart. It's pretty cool. But that's actually a setting you can turn on and off anyway in your phone. When you, when you uh, get your AirPods, you can... Uh, What's going on here? When you get your AirPods, you can. I'm gonna look at my side mirror. Change lanes. Um, you can go to Bluetooth and then find your AirPods and click on the I, the letter I, for information, and then change some settings in there on your AirPods, and make sure that um. Hey, the car in front of me has a bumper sticker that. They're in the same unit of the core that I was in, I think. Um, at Texas a And they have a swimming and diving sticker. Woo! Love that. And a Nationals 2016. Way to go, man. You must be a badass. Anyway. So let's go. There's something else. Oh, you can buy... Um, silicone covers for your airpods that will make them more grippy and it seems like my ear my ear holes are a little bit too big for them for them to be moving around like that um so i might buy those these little silicone covers that go over them and then see how that goes okay so that for this podcast that's my initial review of um of working out with them uh, really, really, really nice. I mean, very, very cool. When I came in from working out, I took one out. Um, and that's their thing is they can play with just one in your ear. <laughs> I took one out and, um, left one in and I was able to keep listening to whatever I was listening to and also participate in the household. And then, uh, when it got to be a, a more of a particular thing I needed to focus on, I would take the other one out and it would stop everything. It was really cool. Um, I think there's something else, but I'll remember in a minute. The other thing is at work, right? Or in your daily life. This is really interesting. Um, the way my desk is situated is I have one ear, one side of my, one side of my head, facing this hallway 
or people walk by and stuff like that. But the other side of my head doesn't have, nobody can see it the way my desk is facing. Um, my view is split between looking outside and looking down a kind of sideways out into a hallway kind of thing on purpose. That way I can see both things. And then um, I like being able to see. Okay. And what was really cool is when people walk by, nobody could notice it because I had one in my ear. And Emily was saying that with being a girl and having her hair down, she could actually wear them, one at least, and have headphones in and it not be um, overly distracting or obvious to people that you have a headphone in. Right? Because it's it's weird. It's like this gray area where if you have one headphone in, it's kind of acceptable, you know? But if you have two in, then it's a problem. And what these, uh, there's very few of these out on the market. Uh, Braggy, B-R-A-G-I, makes some as well. I think Samsung makes one. These single-sided headphones, uh, wireless headphones. And the, um, the, the, the doors that this opens up of what you can actually do and how it changes your life is a uh, paradigm shift. Paradigm shift is where something is, is a big enough change where you have to think about things completely differently, right? And you wouldn't really think it outright until you start doing it. I knew it, but. Um, that's why I'm so excited about getting these, having one headphone in, uh, changes everything because you can listen to what you want and you can be entertained, but you can also hear outside. And if they're kind of small, they're not too distracting to the public. So people won't treat you too differently. So you're improving your life without, um, causing too much drama to everybody else. And it's really, really neat. And so I'm sitting there working away, you know, tipping, tapping. I'm doing the tapping sound on my keyboard, I'm tapping on my keyboard, adjusting this number and pushing this uh, data set around and, you know, doing whatever I do. Who knows what it is. And somebody comes in my office and they start talking to me. And because I only have one headphone in, I can hear them clear as day as soon as they start talking. Right. I don't have to go, what? Like that. And then, and then have them repeat themselves, which is the most annoying thing that you do when you wear headphones is having other people repeat themselves when you take your headphone out. But can hear them clear as day is when they first ask the first thing. So I don't have to ask them to repeat them themselves. And as I pull the headphone out of my ear to really focus in on them, which sends a body language signal that um, I'm really going to pay attention to you right now. You're really important to me is the signal that sends. Um, take that out. That pauses the music. So these, that's the other thing is these earphones have, um, sensors in them to tell if, um, they're in your ears or not. And you can set it, like I was saying earlier, you can set it to, um, stop playing whatever it's playing. If you take it out of your ear, it goes, Oh, I'm no longer in the ear. Turn off. Right. So it pauses whatever you're listening to as you take it out of your ear. And then you sit there and talk to them and then you put it back in. And that is really, really cool. So my method I'm going with right now is while I'm at work, I keep one in my right ear. Now that's going to wear down the battery on the right side, right? Um, 
but then when I'm at home, I'll, this is what I'm going with right now, having owned them uh, 24 hours, <laughs> which means I'm probably totally wrong and it'll have to change. But when I'm at home, I'll try to remember to keep, to even out the battery life, to keep one in my left ear uh, so that I can hear people talking to me and stuff like that when I'm just walking around the house or doing whatever. And that probably should even it out. And apparently the coolest thing is they last like five, five and a half hours. But if you're only wearing one, one lasts five, five and a half hours, while the other one is, you know, you're not using it at all. And then you put that, the one that's worn down, you put it in the charger, and then you can put the other one in your ear, and it's got a full charge. And the thing is, is the case that they come in is a charger. It's got a, um, it's charged up with a battery. And you can, um, when you put the dead one in it, it starts charging it. You don't have to connect it to a charger. You just put it in its case. And the case is tiny. It's like a smaller than a box of Tic Tacs. It's about the same size as a box of Tic Tacs. And that is really cool. Um, because if you start, Oh, and like in 15 minutes in the case, it charges up to another three hours worth of use, like within 15 minutes. Um, so you can just alternate back and forth. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, on a really long bike ride or an ultra marathon, you can just listen to one and then swap when it goes dead, put it back in the case and then listen to the other. And when it goes dead, put it back in the case and then listen to the other. And then when it goes dead, put it back in the case and just alternate back and forth. And that would be uh, um, really cool. Sorry, looking at text messages on my phone. What a crazy world we live in. Okay, that is it. I need to go in and get stuff done at WTBERK. Living the dream. All right, out, bang. Oh, it's a, a few hours later. It's lunchtime. But I just remembered, man, I went back and listened to this audio. It's terrible. Man, I hope the microphone doesn't sound that bad when I'm doing the uh, the uh, phone calls. <laughs> doing the phone call. But the um, there was two other things that are of interest to working out and at home or whatever. Is one, I was worried when I was running with them that they would um, not pick up the signal. So Bluetooth comes off of your device, like your phone or whatever you're using. And it has to, um, it needs to reach the earphones. And there's a big problem with so many wireless headphones where if you put your phone, um, you, they, they suck while running is basically my point. And maybe cycling because your body comes between the phone and the headphones and it blocks the signal. Um, and you don't notice it until you're outside actually running, because if you're inside the signal, uh, comes off your phone and then bounces off of a wall, you know, off the ceiling and, uh, other places, uh, other objects off the inside of your car or whatever, and then hits your, uh, headphones and then your headphones can pick up the signal. But if you're out running, um, all you really have around you is the ground. There's no other objects near you for the signal to bounce off. And if it bounces off the ground and then back up again, and I'm not making this up. This is real. 
And if it bounces off the ground and then back up again, your body gets in the way of that. So people have constant dropouts while they're um, running or on the bike outside and using wireless headphones. And so I was really worried that that was going to be the case with these. I read reports online that um, this was not the case. They had the Apple headphones had some of the best um, attenuation and the best antenna on them to pick up Bluetooth signals. So there was very little dropout. Um, and that's been my experience. I ran with I ran with them and noticed that there was. Um, it's actually kind of difficult to get them to drop out, to find a place. If I covered my phone with my hand, then I could get it to drop out. But otherwise, um, it seemed to, uh, the signal seemed to be picked up by the headphones. Um, Apple's always bragging about their chip that they made in there, uh, but that has something to do with it. Maybe that is. And then the other thing is, when uh, this is not working out, I fell asleep with one headphone in one ear. <laughs> I think it was my right one in my right ear. And I, uh, I woke up hours later with the headphones still in my ear. And I was really surprised. As soon as I woke up, I go, Oh man, this headphone, uh, fell out of my ear. And, um, now I gotta go find it in the bed in the dark. Cause I didn't want to wake up Emily and then turn on all the lights. And then I reached up and touched my ear and there it was. And actually I was just eating at Freebirds, one of my sponsors. What's up Freebirds? And, um, I forgot I had them in cause they were just in my ears. Cause I was, when I initially sat down and started eating my burrito, I was like, oh man, you know, I was feeling self-conscious because where I live right now, these are very uncommon. I've only seen one other person in the wild with these in. And so I didn't want to, you know, be weird or anything like that. So I just kind of was doing my own thing and not looking around me to see if people were looking and pointing or anything. Like, do you, do you, and so I said, uh, I'm just going to sit here and just eat my mom's business. And then after a while, I forgot that they were in. So I stood up when I was done eating um, and I was listening to stuff. I stood up and started gathering my stuff and walking off from my table. And then I realized I was in the middle of the restaurant with these headphones in with them playing and forgot that I even had them in because earlier I was like, I didn't want to be seen. And now I'm right in the middle of the restaurant wearing them and people are looking at me. I'm like, Oh yeah, I've got those headphones, in. <laughs> which, uh, and then I just left them in and I've noticed that, that, so I've come from, I've been using wireless headphones, Bluetooth headphones forever, but mostly I've been using the Jaybirds and the Jaybirds are connected with the cable. And I'm so used to feeling the cable uh, between the two, you know, touch me on my cheekbone a little bit or touch me on my shirt collar or on my neck. So I'm reminded, sorry, there was a phone call. So I'm reminded that I'm wearing headphones, but with these, the only thing I feel is just the slightest bit of pressure inside my ears, which I actually forget about, um, that I've got headphones in and that's it. So I forget that I'm wearing the headphones in and I think that's actually uh, really cool. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a point where, you know, it gets me in trouble where I do something and forget I have these headphones in and then I'll lose them or something like that. But that's been, uh, that's been it so far. 
All right. That's it. Oh, wait, there was one more thing. Um, when I, uh, I took my headphones out for a couple hours today and then was doing stuff. And then when I put my headphones, I was in a meeting. And then when I uh, put them back in, the uh, they make this weird sound. And it's kind of like a low battery sound, you know, a warning sound. So I went and looked and the battery was almost run down. Uh, 5% on one side, part of the side I slept in. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to do this thing because I was going to go drive to Freebirds, right, to go eat. It's like a 10-minute drive, 15-minute drive or whatever. I put them both in the charger, maybe a 10-minute drive, about 15 minutes by the time I ordered my food and stuff. I put them both in the charger case and went and ordered, you know, drove there, ordered my food. And then when I sat down to eat, I opened up the case and if you open up the case while you have your iPhone in your hand on your home screen, no, on your lock screen, it pops up with your battery charge. <laughs> it was like 90 something percent charged. Uh, I was like, holy crap. In like just 15 you know, minutes or so. got to remember, I mean, the battery inside the headphones are pretty tiny. They're just really efficient. <sighs> so that's pretty cool. And then um, I think I was talking about that earlier with Emily, you know, being able to, to, um, covertly wear one under her hair, uh, just one. Um, that, I think that that is um, one thing that I just want to keep experiencing and testing out. And you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing if I can get away with that. Because, man, to, um, to have a headphone in, I, you know, we're in your situation where it's not really appropriate to have headphones over your ears. Um, but just to have one little headphone in, so you can enjoy yourself while when you're at a place that you're not really sure you want to be at, <laughs> and it's not, um, it's just not too much. And I'm just really looking forward to that. It makes me wonder, you know, like how many times are we in a situation like that? More and more nowadays, we're kind of someplace we have to be but don't really want to be. So we figure out ways uh, to make it entertaining, and maybe that's a way to do it. All right. That's it. Okay. All right, everybody. That wraps up the show. Thanks for enduring that terrible audio of the uh, Apple AirPods. <laughs> Again, I had no idea. Anyway, I'm really excited about the next episode. We have an interview with a female pro triathlete that is a very big deal and might have a fantastic result coming up very, very soon. Has had some great results lately, and I'm super excited to have her back on the show so you're gonna have to guess who that is and hang around until next time all right that's it everybody stay safe out there work the uphills cruise the downhills and keep the rubber side down out